Hello, Catherine here. I wanted to let you guys know that we are putting together a really scrappy, I'm currently recording this in my closet, uh, mini season speaking with chefs about the COVID-19 crisis. So we're finding out how it's impacting their daily lives, what they're doing to try to help their staffs and their businesses and their families, um, and tricks and tips for staying sane, what they're doing at home, cooking, spending time with their families. Um, we want to know what they're up to uh, and how we can help. So we hope you enjoy the season and we look forward to a time when we're all hitting up the Boston restaurant scene again. Before I dig into this week's episode, I just wanted to remind you to keep your eyes on thefoodlens.com. Yes, sadly, our restaurants are still closed, um, but a lot of our local chefs are putting out some really great content and we're getting some of that up on our website. So we have uh, recipes from uh, Jeremy Sewell and Michael Skelfo, and we're always adding new content, uh, new takeout uh, options. Um, So keep your eyes on the site. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Lauren Friel of Rebel Rebel Wine Bar, and I want to hear how it's been reopening as a delivery wine shop. Um, I want to know about these online classes she's doing, and because Lauren runs a feminist wine bar and is an activist, I want to know how she's navigating this whole situation politically, uh, and also just hear how she's doing. Hi guys, I wanted to tell you about a really great personal care brand that we love called Curie. They've always had a deodorant that's aluminum-free that works really well that we adore, but they recently released a hand sanitizer that is super moisturizing and smells delicious. There's different scents like grapefruit or orange neroli or white tea. Uh, You have to check them out. So if you click a link in our show notes, you will get 20% off your order, or you can go to their website, curiebod.com. That's C-U-R. R-I-E-B-O-D dot com and use the code TFL20 at checkout. Hi, Lauren. How how are you today? I'm all right. How are you? It's good to hear your voice. Yeah, I'm good. Usually it's like, you know, us yelling at each other through muff like through the muffling mask situation at a safe yeah. supply. Yeah, I know. This is it's yeah. This is a little bit better, although distant. <laughs> yeah. But I can see your whole face. <laughs> <laughs> you win some, you lose some. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so obviously there's been a lot going on. I was, I was just chatting with, um, Aaron Cohen last from Gracie's and I was saying that it's interesting, you know, I started talking to people at like the very beginning of this all happening and now it's still a complete, you know, what storm, but like things feel a little bit different. And so I kind of want to start by just thinking or asking you how you're feeling today versus how you might've been feeling, you know, when everything shut down and kind of get a state of where you're at right now. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting the kind of progression of emotions has been really bizarre. Um, obviously, like when this first happened, I was absolutely devastated, um, you know, because we did have to close and it was really scary. Um, and, uh, you know, that phone call, that first phone call to the rebel team, um, letting them know that we were shutting down was really hard. Um, definitely one of the hardest phone calls I've ever had to make. Um, and it was sad. Yeah. And I did, I cried a lot for, you know, a couple of days, um, and just felt kind of complete despair, uh, especially because we weren't getting any real information on what any kind of support from the government was going to look like. It was all very unknown and really scary. Um, you know, now I think I don't want to say that I've gotten used to it because I, I haven't gotten used to it um, and I don't want to get used to it. Um, but I think that I've taken it a day at a time and I'm starting to realize that 
that's really all we can do right now is just get through every day as best we can. Um, we have been able to kind of pivot um, to retail, which has been helpful in kind of A, bringing some revenue in and B, just giving me a sense of purpose every day. Um, being able to go into the space and actually work um, and see people has been has been helpful. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm less in that in that place of total despair. Um, I'm still concerned, you know, we don't know how long this is going to go on for. Um, and even if we are allowed to reopen in a couple of months or weeks or whatever, that's going to look a lot different for us, um, as a restaurant, um, with social distancing measures, it'll still need to be in place. So it's still a lot of unknowns. Um, but you know, in general, uh, we're, we're working through it, I guess. Um, yeah. And yeah, Taking it a day at a time has been, I think, for me, a saving grace in terms of um, a mental, you know, or, or a headspace to be in during this time. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because you were calling, talking about a mental progression, and I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like there's, it's been almost like a mental roller coaster, you know, like. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's like it changes by the day and even by the hour and, yeah. you know. Artie, my husband and I were talking yesterday. We had just like, Mother's Day just made me kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, my kids were great. So much to be grateful for. But it was just sort of a tough day and saying how like you kind of get used to something and you're like, right, I got this. Like for now, like I'm, and then, you know, whether it's change of the weather, a real piece of news, an imagined crisis in your head, it sort of like right. goes back down and comes back right. up. Right, right. Well, it's it's going through this grieving process, like this loss of what we, what our lives were before this. And that's always a really complicated process. Like it's not a linear process. It's like, you know, you're reminded of like, oh yeah, last Mother's Day we went out to this, my favorite restaurant or whatever. And like, oh yeah, I can't do that again, you know, or, you know, you get a phone call from a friend you were supposed to go on a trip with and, you know, all these kind of like small reminders of the loss. I think it's, it's hard to, it's hard to predict what's going to come up that's going to make you remember what we're missing out on right now. Right. I do want to, you were talking about how, um, you know, you pivoted your business model. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, besides that I just want an excuse to talk to you, <laughs> was, uh, you know, you have gone from having a bar to uh, delivering wine and yeah. doing some online classes. So yeah. can you, and you've talked about this too online and, and elsewhere, but it has been so incredible and inspiring to me to see these small businesses like do these insane pivots and try to make it work and get through this time. Tell me a little bit about what you've, what you've been doing and how it's been working. Yeah. So basically I was really gunning for, um, Baker, governor Baker to, um, allow uh, loosening of license restrictions for on-premise. So a lot of folks actually, a lot of Massachusetts folks don't even know this, but in Massachusetts, if you sell alcohol as a bar or restaurant, so for what they call on-premise consumption, you can't also sell uh, what they call off-premise. So you can't sell anything to go um, in terms of alcohol. Open or closed container, you can't sell it. Um, so I knew for us in particular, um, because we could, we don't have a kitchen, there's no way for us to do any kind of food takeout, that we were really dead in the water unless we could sell wine to go, like a retail shop. Um, so when he lifted the, the, or when he loosened the licensing um, restrictions, for off-premise sales, um, we truly like overnight, I put up 
an online store, um, no pictures of the wine or anything, just like, and in fact, I don't even think we had descriptions of the wines at first. I think it was like <laughs> the name of a wine and a price. <laughs> and that was it. Um, Which as a consumer, I mean, let's be real. That's like kind of where we're at a lot of the time. <laughs> that was kind of my frame of mind. I was like, I feel like everyone's really desperate right now. It's white or red. I'm just going to let people figure it out until I have time to actually do this. Um, you know, I am really lucky. Uh, I guess that, um, after I left Oleana, I had sort of like a identity crisis and didn't know if I wanted to go back to restaurants again. And so I ended up working at the wine Bottega, the, um, which is a retail shop, wine shop, um, in the North end that my friends owned at the time, um, for like a year or two, uh, while I figured myself out. And so I have that retail experience cause it's an entirely different business. I mean, like things that you don't think about, you know, like what, oh, I need to-go bags. Like what size to-go bags do I need? Where do I buy them? How many should I buy? Um, you know, uh, just stuff like that, that, that it's a different, it's an entirely different business. Um, so yeah, so we did that like truly overnight as soon as it was possible. Um, and, uh, we do now offer delivery. It's been hard, you know, most folks have been really understanding, um, but some folks, you know, we get orders for things and, and it's, you know, something gets, a mistake is made or an order doesn't come through the way it's supposed to. Um, and I have to kind of like remind people, you know, like we're not, this isn't what we're supposed to be doing. Like we're doing our best, yeah. but like, I'm not a delivery servant. We're not drizzly. We're not, you know, yeah. we're a bar that's just trying to scramble to stay alive. And, um, but I will say like, the support has been incredible. I know that people could be shopping from Drizzly or like whatever any of these online delivery services are that are really set up for it and they're shopping with us. Um, you know, we are moving enough wine to pay our bills now. Um, and for me to consider hiring staff back, which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but it's, it's not our business model, you know, and, and, um, it isn't sustainable. Um, and I know that, you know, folks come up, we offer what I call like the wine window. Now I basically opened one of our accordion windows and people can walk up and do walk up shopping and folks, you know, they check in on us and they want to know that we're doing okay. And you know, everyone's like, Oh, it must be so great. You can sell wine to go now. And I'm like, it's really not that great, but like, it's better than nothing, but I wouldn't call it great. (laughs) Um, I'm glad you're saying that because that's something that I even just, you know, having these conversations, I really struggle with people because on the one hand, like, First and foremost, I want it to be real. Like, I want the real perspective from people. Yeah. I also, I want to give people a place to talk about the really shitty parts of this. And then I also, though, you know, if there are kernels of, like, hope and things that keep us going, I'm always looking for that, too. But I feel like that's, you know, it's ingrained in hospitality folks to make everybody else feel really good and taken care of. Yeah. And sometimes you just want to be like, this is, this is shit. (laughs) And I'm trying really hard just to keep it together. And like, thank you for buying this. Uh, But it's not great. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, To put it lightly. So, I mean, how do you, how do you get through that? And how do you think about that? Is this like a step towards something better? Is this just truly I need to pay this bill and I'm going to do this today. Like mentally, how are you thinking about Rebel Rebel going forward? Yeah, I'm trying not to think too far in advance um, because it is so hard to know what the future, even a week from now, is going to look like. Um, so any kind of long-term planning is really just not something I'm, 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 I'm not living in the future right now. I'm really trying to just live truly day-to-day. 
Um, you know, we have, I have daily financial goals and I try to hit those goals for the business. Um, I can't really think about what, you know, I don't know. I feel like we're seeing all these articles coming out, like, what does this mean for the future of restaurants and what will restaurants look like after COVID? And, you know, um, Tom Colicchio weighs in on the future of restaurants and what we want, what we need to see. And, and, and I think it's, I understand the desire to do that. I understand the desire to, you know, want to believe that we have an influence over what the future looks like right now. Um, but I don't really believe that we do. And for a lot of different reasons, I mean, for the medical reasons, for economic reasons, political reasons, you know, this is, like everyone says, it's unprecedented. Um, and, and I think that all I can plan for right now is to save as much money as I can yeah. today. Um, I think that that's really the only known that I have any control over. Um, and that's just what I'm trying to do. Uh, you know, I, I know that we are all wanting the answers. Um, and that's a very human thing to want. You know, you want to know, um, control, it gives you a sense of control and control gives you a sense of safety and that's all very normal. Um, but I, I'm trying not to look too far ahead. It's going to be really interesting to see how this all pans out. I mean, I, you know, even just the thought of reopening restaurants before a vaccine or, you know, with all of the kind of unknowns, um, with the way that the virus is transmitted or carried or whatever, um, right now, how do you eat food in a restaurant if you're wearing a mask? You know what I mean? It's a great question. <laughs> I think, I mean, I think it's so wise what you're saying about staying in the present because we really just don't know. And so much of the friction that I see between people is, people trying to pretend sometimes that they know more than they do or latching on to one. Like, Absolutely. You know, my husband already is a scientist and mm -hmm. he's been pretty frustrated with people throwing around, well, if you, well, the data says, and it's like, well, right. what data? <laughs> How is interpreted? It's, it's, it's just a really difficult situation. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we really don't know what it looks like and I think that that is a great lesson that we should all <laughs> kind of lean into a little bit is dealing with what's in front of us and taking it a day at a time and trying to keep – you know, if, if only for our mental health as, as well as our economic health, that's kind of all we can do. Absolutely. And I mean, because so much of this is out of our control, not just for health reasons, because it's an unpredictable virus, but because we don't know how the government is going to, you know, they've grossly mismanaged this part of the pandemic, you know, how, who knows how they'll manage the rest of it, what that looks like for anyone. Um, restaurants or not, you know, just as citizens or human beings, we don't know what that looks like. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it, again, like you said, if only for reasons of mental health, I mean, if we spend our time worrying about what the future is going to look like, that's not a really great way to spend the time that we have right now. Um, <laughs> yes. I don't think it's denial. I think I'm just trying to get through. I'm sure someone can, could paint a picture of it being naivety or, or something, but 
Um, I mean, people accuse you of a lot, Lauren, but I don't think being nice is something that's generally <laughs> thrown your yeah, way sure. as an insult. Yeah. I have been called a fascist in the past. That's oh. true. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, speaking of current reality, uh, you are doing, you're doing stuff and you're not only packing up bags and delivering them. Uh, you are doing some online classes. Is that right? And your team is. So I'd love to hear about uh, some of the stuff you guys are doing right now and how we can participate. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the team, I've been pretty astounded at the creativity that this has brought out in the team. I, I mean, not that I didn't know that they were creative people, but like the ideas that they've come up with to kind of keep people engaged and to keep themselves engaged, honestly, um, has been pretty remarkable. So Margot, basically like as soon as this happened, before we were able to reopen as a, as a retail shop, um, Margot, was like, let's like really go hard on the online classes because she had been teaching our Sunday wine series um, for the last year or so. She's like, she's a also works in tech, so she's very comfortable with like the digital sphere. She was like, we'll do Zoom classes. It'll be great. We partnered originally with um, Violette Wines in Cambridge. It's another woman-owned wine shop to get the wine to people. Um and the classes, we had to like upgrade our Zoom membership because we got so many nice. signups that we like maxed out the room capacity, um, which was funny um, and amazing. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we've been doing that. And now that we can sell the wine ourselves, we're doing that. So the you sign up for the class, you can buy the wine from us. But it's been cool. We've now got people from... Uh, like Texas, Canada, Arizona, uh, New York, who are all tuning in, Australia. Um, so it's been a really, really, really cool thing, actually, um, that I know that we want to continue doing when we are able to function again as a bar normally. Um, this is something that we'll continue with because it's just so cool that we've been able to like expand our reach globally now and, and folks are able to do it safely at home. Um, That's an awesome tiny silver lining because you really are, you really do have a national presence at this point, which is like so exciting and great, but you're also this, not a one man band, you have an amazing team of women, Um, but you're small, you know, you only can do so much and it's cool that, none of this is cool, but I'm glad that you've been (laughs) able to explore this thing that I'm going to go out on a limb and guess you wouldn't have had like the time (laughs) or thought to do ahead of time. Absolutely not. Yeah. My brother-in-law's girlfriend, uh, my brother-in-law and his girlfriend just moved out to California and they used to love coming to Rebel Rebel and she was so excited when I told her on like the family Zoom about your classes oh, and so good. she's like all amped up about taking one. Oh. So I love that people who either locals who have moved or just can't come to the bar because of the pandemic or maybe people who've read about you in Bon Appetit, like now they can be a part of it and I yeah. think that that's really cool. Yeah, it's been cool too. Like um, people are doing it with their friends that live in other cities or whatever that they can't see. We had a lot of Mother's Day folks, you know, like my mom's in Tennessee and we found a shop that has similar wines and she's buying them and I'm buying them from you and we're going to get on the Zoom together and do it together. And it's so it's been nice. That's awesome. We're also doing um, Nina, uh, who's another um, one of the folks who works at Rebel, um, has started this, what she calls it CSDS. So cook something, drink something where she's interviewing, or not really interviewing, I guess, but asking local um, chefs and restaurant workers for their favorite recipes, kind of like pantry-friendly recipes that are easy to do. And then we're pairing them with a wine that we carry. Um, I love that. Yeah, and that's been really fun. Um, She did a beautiful job with the 
Um, the layout, it's really gorgeous. The design is awesome. Um, and she's had actually a local artist do a little graphic for it, like for every issue. And, um, it, that's been really cool too. And then we're encouraging people to donate to Mass Undocu Fund if they do read the the journal. Um, that Mass Undocu Fund su- uh, supports undocumented workers in Massachusetts. Um, so yeah, that's been really cool and creative. And um, Maya's been doing the newsletter, which has been really cool still. And then and people are like our click rate with the newsletter is more than it was, but when we were operating. So it's great. Um, folks are still reading and, um, Maya's also doing like little custom wine suggestions through the shop website now and, um, kind of like a pocket sommelier thing. That's awesome. So you have, that's great. That's a lot of kind of what I was going to ask, but I did just want to make sure before we got off, like, how can we support you? Like, these are all great ideas. What's the best way to connect with you? How can we support you? Like as fans, what's the number one, what are the things that we can be doing? Yeah, I think, you know, buying wine from us is great. Um, That money goes into the business and then um, it goes out to the staff. So I'm actually hiring back starting this week, um, which is great. Um, So yeah, yeah. So that's a really great way to help support us. Um, The money from the classes, all the online classes, that gets divided up evenly between the staff. Um, I'm not a part of that pool. It just goes to to everyone else. so definitely take online classes, tell your friends. Um, and yeah, you know, just, just remember that we're here and we want to be a part of, we want to remain a part of the community. We want to continue to serve the community. Um, and, and yeah, just, uh, oh, and vote. (laughs) I was going to say, I was like, you didn't put anything political in there, Lauren. I'm I'm waiting for it. Yeah. It's not like me. Not, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, definitely vote. Uh, and, um, and pay attention particularly, you know, I think a lot of the legislation that's going to be upcoming around reopening and this kind of stuff, like it isn't financially feasible for restaurants to open at half capacity and not go bankrupt. Yeah. Yeah. That equation doesn't work. Um, and it won't work for anyone, uh, big or small. Uh, and you know, I think it's important to pay attention to the legislation that's going on and make sure that, you know, you're supporting what restaurant workers and restaurant owners say that they need and calling your legislatures and saying, Hey, you know, I want you to stick up for my local hang. I love these people. They are a part of our community. You know, if you want us to be around when this is all over, it's important to pay attention. Um, you know, and we do on our page, uh, you, you know, try to promote, awareness around legislation mm-hmm. that's upcoming. So that's definitely something for folks to keep an eye out for and participate in and phone calls and emails and all those kinds of things really do matter. They do make a difference. Um, yeah. So that's, that's definitely, it's definitely important. Great. So people can keep an eye on your page. Cause I think a lot of time, especially if this isn't, you know, people's main thing right now, or if they don't work in yeah. the industry, it's sometimes it's hard to know, okay, well, where do I look to hear from the people who this is affecting? And, you know, what are the resources to stay informed? So we can head to your page and you're going to be doing some of that. Is there anybody else or any other groups or anything that are good to keep an eye on or? Yeah. Nationally, there's the international, excuse me, there's the independent restaurant coalition, um, that actually Tom Colicchio helped to found. Um, and they're good because what they're doing is focusing a lot of the legislation, federal legislation, um, or federal aid packages were really designed just to help, uh, large chains and corporate 
corporate restaurant groups. So independent restaurants really got left out of that um, altogether. Yeah. Uh, so that's a, they're an important organization. They're doing great work. That's actually the primary one, I would say. Awesome. So... I think I think that's it, Lauren, because these are cool. pretty short. But I'm yeah. so grateful that you were able to take the time. I know it's Thanks. just a nonstop grind right now, yeah. and just it's... wishing you, you know, health and sanity. And I'm excited to get a wine delivery because I am yeah. I am due for one. I'm lucky enough that I get to go to Safe Supply sometimes and actually, you know, see you guys. But yeah. um, do you oh, deliver yeah. all over Boston? Like we, where? Yeah, so we deliver within a five mile radius. Um, so that hits like. North of the city to like Everett, Malden, um, south of the city as far as the south end, parts of Watertown, parts of Newton. Um, so we're pretty pretty wide reach. Yeah, Charlestown, East Boston. And it's just on your website is the way to, yeah. to book that? Yep, we have, um, if okay. you go to rebelrebelsomerville.com, um, that's where all the information lives about our online classes uh, and the online shop is linked there. Um, so you can check all that out. Um, I think we're going to expand delivery right now. We're just doing it on Thursdays, but I'm thinking we're going to probably start doing it more frequently because there, there is a desire for it. So we're going to try to awesome. fill, that, fill that need. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. Have a great day, and um, I'll see you around Somerville soon in our masks. Sounds good. <laughs> I'll see your eyes around Somerville soon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, bye. Right, bye. A little bit of good news, guys. Row 34 in both Boston in the seaport and in Portsmouth, New Hampshire are now open for row to go. So if you've been hoping for lobster rolls or clam chowder or any of their other tasty treats, check out row34.com and use promo code TFL15 at checkout for 15% off your order.